0: Changing your life
1: one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark.
0: Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your dose of Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration for this Friend Friday. And today, I want to introduce you to Joan London. Joan has been a trusted voice in American homes for more than 30 years. For nearly two decades, she greeted viewers each morning on Good Morning America. And she has reported from, you're not going to believe this, 26 countries. She's covered five presidents, five Olympics, and she's kept Americans up to date on how to care for their homes, their health, and their families. And she continues to be front and center. We all see her. She's an award-winning journalist, a best-selling author, an international speaker, a special correspondent on NBC's Today Show, and host of the CBS series, Your Health. And like many of us, she has had to balance being a working mom with seven kids and balance that with being a caregiver to an aging parent. And after experiencing the challenges of caring for her own mother and finding the right place for her, Joan became the face of America's largest senior referral service, a Place for Mom. And they help people to find the right place for their parents when they need to move to a new home. As an advocate for families everywhere, Joan's mission is to help Americans through their caregiving journey by sharing what she's learned along the way, and that is what caused us to make a book together a few years ago called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Family Caregivers, and that book has really been helping me recently as I've dealt with the death of my mother and moving my elderly father into assisted living. So, Joan, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. It's great to be with you. You know, I knew what I was supposed to do, and I only did a little bit of what I was supposed to do because you just never think it's time. And so if we can get people to do a few of the things that we didn't actually do, that would be a great result of this podcast today.
1: Well, I'm in the same boat with you, and there's a whole lot of us in this boat, which makes it kind of a sinking ship. You know, I I was struck by the fact that I was someone who did all the interviews, and Interviewed all the experts, and yet I didn't really have a plan in place. And I had put my mom and my brother into one condo. My brother suffered from a lot of the complications, debilitating complications of type 2 diabetes, and my mom was just getting older. You know, I had somebody go in and help them with the housekeeping and take them, go get their groceries and take them to their medical appointments. But the day that I got the call that my brother died, I then you know flew back out to California from New York, as I'd done a gazillion times, and there I was sitting in the middle of the condo, realizing that my mom's dementia was far worse than I had thought it was because when we could have visit our aging relatives, they put on a good face, you know they get they clean things up, they dress themselves up, and like we're fine, we're fine, we're fine, don't you know move us anywhere. And we go in, to be completely candid and honest, we go in with blinders because we don't really want to see that they aren't really able to take care of themselves anymore because we know that that's going to change our lives. And instead, we need, I mean, in the last few times that I'd gone to see my mom and my brother, you know, the signs were there. I should have paid more attention and I should have sat them down and we should have had a great plan. And by walking down that path, going down that journey, um, I made a lot of mistakes. And at one point I just said to myself, you know what, it shouldn't be this hard. And if we would have just planned ahead, it wouldn't have been so hard. It's much harder if you stick your head in the sand and you wait until that day that you get that call someone's fallen and broken their hip one one parent dies the other one can't remain living alone whatever it is that call like propels you into the world of caregiving senior care and you're not prepared and you're not ready Look, you and I wrote a book together and you
0: still didn't do it. I, You know, the only thing I managed to do is I did. And it took a whole year because, gosh, they move so slowly. They're so hard. It's so hard to get them to do anything. But I did get my parents to prepare their wills. And as my mother was going to the hospital in the ambulance, she said to her aide, I'm so glad I have a will. So at least that was out of the way. But I hadn't done the simplest thing, which I keep telling to everybody, please do this. Make what I would call a grab and go document, which has their medications, their Medicare card, their supplemental insurance card. Because when you're in the hospital and your mother is dying, you can't remember when she had her heart surgery and you don't know what medications she's on. And you don't remember anybody's phone number and you're just a mess.
1: And you know what, Amy? Stop and think about it. Most of us have some sort of filing system in our home. And we have all the information of, like, if the refrigerator stops working, who to call, where's the warranty. Like, we have this on our car, like, all these other things, but, like, what about on us and on our spouse and on our aging parents or any other anyone that we know that we would be responsible for if something happened to them? And, you know, a lot of times when I go out and I have this discussion with people, people say, Well, I have a will. My parents have a will, and I said, that's for what happens after they're gone. I'm talking about the documents that you need for those months or years, and these days it could be decades, that you are going to be in charge of their care before they pass away. And I always suggest to grab and go like you have,
0: mm-hmm. all the
1: meds that they're taking and who prescribed them, and all the names of all their doctors and their major surgeries that they've had throughout their lifetime. But there's a few other documents that anyone listening, if you don't have these, not only on your parents, but for yourself and for your spouse because none of us knows what tomorrow's going to bring. You know, I mean, I don't mean that and that's not a pessimistic statement. It's it's a statement for everyone to understand and need to be prepared. We should all have and we should especially have for our aging relatives um an advanced health care directive other it's also known as a living will, so it's not the will that says where they're going to you know who's going to get the blue soap in the living room it's that living will that says that if their life is in the balance that they have already made these decisions as to do they want to be put on a feeding tube, do they want to have the Kept on a breathing tube? Do they do they want a DNR, or do not resuscitate? Do they want to be an organ donor? There are a lot of things that are re- really necessary. You don't want to make those tough decisions in a hospital setting, and you need to talk to your parents about this when they're a little bit younger, if possible. I mean, I I think it's much more sensible to talk to this them about this in their 60s and 70s rather than their 80s and 90s when you don't really want to have that conversation because they're too in kind of their mortality is more in their face, so to speak. You're right. You also need you also need a HIPAA release. HIPAA laws, um and I believe that's H I P A A if I remember correctly, they were devised in order to keep our medical information private to us so that other people couldn't come in and see our medical information. Well, you need a HIPAA release on your parents, and you need one on your husband. I have one on my husband. He has one on me. And a HIPAA release can only be one person, but that person then, by having that release, a hospital is able to talk to you about that person, and the doctors are able to, and you need that release in order for them to be able to legally talk to you. Um, The other thing everyone should have Is they should have a power of attorney Uh, it's good to have a durable power of attorney that covers both health and business you know I didn't have all these in place and like I I couldn't even do my mom's banking for her she couldn't do it my brother had been doing it but now he was gone and like, even her Social Security checks were going into her bank account, but I was the one that was going out, finding an assisted living place for her to live that was very expensive, and I was paying it, and I couldn't even touch the money that was coming into her that had been and that had been put there by her long-term health care and Social Security that was supposed to be going to pay for that. So, you know, I had to get her, take her into the bank with me. She wasn't doing well. My brother had just passed away. These are not things you want to be doing in times of crisis. If you do these ahead of time, it, you can you don't make decisions. You know you don't make bad decisions. And a lot of people listening might like might say, "Oh yeah, right." Like I'm going to get my parents to talk about this. But <clears throat> the way we got my husband's parents to do this, because they were resistant, is that. We started doing it. And Jeff said, you're always out talking about this. Do we have these papers on each other? So we started doing them, and then we happened to invite them out to dinner, and we told them how we were doing all these and how I always give the speech and how all of a sudden we realized we didn't have them, and God forbid what should happen? What would happen if something happened to one of us. And then all of a sudden you know, my husband looked at his parents and said, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I've ever done this with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, you know,
1: you you need this on each other as well. Nobody wants to have that conversation.
0: That That's true. That
1: conversation about, here's my advice on having that conversation. First of all, I think if you have adult siblings, have it with them first, and everybody kind of decide, hey, you're a lawyer, so you take care of the lawyer things. I'm not working. I'll make sure I take her to the beauty shop, and I do this, and I do that. Like everybody can kind of decide how to divvy up, Because, unfortunately, what usually happens is one person ends up doing everything. Um, But then in order to have it with your parents, who are more than likely going to be resistant, I always say whatever you do, don't let any kind of hint or intonation come through that says to the parent, all right, come on, give me all this information because I'm the one that's going to have to take care of you. You know, it's going to be on my back. So... what you wanna do is you wanna, you know, timing is everything, find a time, probably not in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner, like find a time though that you can sit and say, I wanna talk to you guys about something, like really seriously. You know, that that I wanna make sure that for the next chapters of your life, and that could be years, it could be decades, who knows? I wanna make sure that, that your lives happen the way, unfold the way you want them to, and I want to be able to participate in making that happen for you. So let's talk about how you see how you see yourself living once, you know, you might not be able to take care of the house anymore.
0: The way that we did it that, in our family was that it gave my parents an opportunity to see my brother and me over and over and over again. So they viewed it as something fun because we would go to the lawyer and they would <laughs> fill out the living will, fill out the HIPAA release, fill out the power of attorney form. And they got to see us constantly, and so they were willing to fill out any forms just to have all of these fun meetings with us,
1: that's very funny.
0: <laughs> it worked <laughs>
1: that's the those are the cold, hard facts I mean those are the papers you need. That's some advice on how to sit down and have that conversation Now. Let me talk about just the family fun emotional historical side of it. Sit your relatives down, grandparents parents uh, and aunts and uncles put together an interview and sit down and say, I want to do a few conversations with you about our family and ask them what life was like when they were young. Like when my mom, my mom said, I grew up on a farm in North Dakota. You know, we had, there were eight of us, eight brothers and sisters, and we all, went to a one room schoolhouse that was two miles away, and we literally walked there in the snow and then, and she talked about who was president, what was going on about the war starting you know about moving from North Dakota out to California, being a young woman it i mean i've got, i in my with my dad, my dad of course um I lost my dad when I was only 13. He was a physician, a cancer surgeon, but he had died in a plane crash. So I never had the advantage of knowing him as an adult, but, you know, as a like most of us grow up and we get to know our parents in a much different way once we're adults. I never got that chance. So I went out to my hometown and I made appointments with different doctors and nurses and people that had worked with and who knew my dad, and they were all, you know, older. They were in their 80s and early 90s. I set up a, you can set up a little camera if you have a video camera, and if you don't, do it on your phone, and then just download it to your computer and you can put it on a little, you know, USB cord or, you know, a hard drive, and do an interview. I learned so many amazing things about my dad that I never, never would have known, and all those people that I interviewed, with the exception of one there, they've all passed. So thank goodness I did it. And you know, this is going to be a prize possession that you will always have and that you will be able to pass down through generations. But try to collect that historical family history. Uh, because the older they get, the harder it is. You know, like toward the end, I mean, when I was interviewing all these people, my mom was really past the point of my being able to have that kind of conversation and and ask her stories, although I will give one other tip. I went through and found all, all the pictures that were in my mom's house of like of her when she was younger, of her and my dad when they were dating and of us our family when we were younger and i took them in different i mean i made i must have made her 10 books um photo photo books like uh, macbooks you know and um i would put different pictures on different pages and and if it was a picture of her and my dad after dinner and i'd say You know, ooh-la-la, look at Daddy courting you. And I would put something like that. And let me tell you, you put that – she couldn't remember whether she had lunch 30 minutes ago. You know, she would ask, you know, 10 times in a row, shouldn't we have lunch? We just did. (laughs) But um, when I would put that book in front of her, that could jog her memory. And she could talk about life, her early life and things I never otherwise would have known, she could go on for an hour. So it's a, they can dig in and get memories from 50 years ago, And even though they couldn't tell you what they did five minutes ago.
0: That is a great idea. So all of these ideas are actually laid out in that book we made together, Chicken Soup for the Soul, they are. Family Caregivers, plus so many stories that will provide people with emotional support, all of us who are working with elderly parents or with spouses who are maybe beginning to lose their memories or becoming confused and all of the emotional support and all of the great tips are in this book. And we want to give away five signed copies to our listeners. So if you would like a chance to win the book, just follow me on Twitter at Amy Newmark and then retweet any of my tweets about this podcast by the end of the day on August 27th. And we'll pick five people at random and we will get your addresses from you and we will send a book to you anywhere you want in the United States. So, Joan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and going through some of these tips, which really are great. And I wish I had done all of them, but I I did half of them. I think people should not beat themselves That's up. Okay. You can yes, even do okay. half of them. It's something. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you can do ahead of time is good. So, Joan, thanks for coming on. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. Come back Monday for a new episode of Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast, and this one will be about how to take care of yourself, especially if you're going through the stress of being a family caregiver.